Welcome to the Celebration Church Thomasville podcast. Join us this week as we revisit the series Unlimited, where Pastor Jimmy Bryson reminds us why we can trust God even when it doesn't make sense. So he welcomed the pres- the promise of God. Number two, uh, he, he welcomed the presence and then he went where God told him to go, right? Look in verse 17, verse 5 again. For he went and dwelt by the brook Kareth. Now that word dwelt is an interesting word. It means to sit down. It means to remain. It means to stay. You ready? It means to live. The root word, you re- excuse me, the root word, you ready for this? The root Hebrew word means to marry, M-A-R-R-Y. Has the idea of permanency. So what, God, what, what God's word is saying is, watch this, hey, listen, Elijah went where God told him to go and Elijah dwelt there. In other words, Elijah lived there. Elijah remained there. Elijah stayed there. You ready for this? Eli- Woo! Go ahead and shout now before I even say it, okay? Watch this. You ready? Elijah married the promise of God. Elijah married the promise of God. Go, because where did God say he would sustain him? There. So Elijah went there. And Elijah gets there, and it says that that is where he dwelt. So watch this. He waited. Number two, he waited for the fulfillment of the promise of God. He waited on it. Now, later on it says that the brook dried up because there was no rain. So it takes a while for the brook to dry up because there was no rain. So when Elijah gets there, the brook is probably flowing, overflowing. During the course of time, the brook dries up. Well, while the brook, before the brook is dried up, God is bringing Elijah food twice a day and he's giving him drink. So what did Elijah do? Elijah got right there. Listen, Elijah got where God told him to be and he waited. Now, would y'all just agree with me? We don't like to wait. We, we don't like to wait. We live in a microwave society. Our microwave's been dead for two weeks, and guess what? We've survived. We've learned to wait. We've learned to cook potatoes for an hour and a half instead of two minutes. Wait. Now listen, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, watch this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. In fact, they're going to run around like young people. That's what it says. How many of y'all want to run around like young people? How many of y'all have small children or grandchildren? I'd love to run around like those young people. Spiritually. I mean physically too, but spiritually. They that wait upon the Lord. What, look, look, the biblical word wait there, you listen, the biblical word wait means to expect, to anticipate. So what Elijah did, like the Bible doesn't say he waited, but if you read, that's what he did. He waited for the fulfillment of the promise. Listen, they that wait upon the Lord, those that anticipate, those that have a great level of expectation, it has the idea, what's it? It has the idea of persevering. It has the idea of diligence. It has the idea of tenacity. Because all of a sudden, things start shifting around Elijah. And it demanded, watch, it demanded some tenacity on Elijah's part when the brook started drying up. 
It demanded some expectation and anticipation on Elijah's behalf. Watch this. When, whoa, when his circumstances began to change, that did not affect Elijah. Elijah sat there and waited for the promise of God to be fulfilled. And how many people have we noticed that have left the brook too soon? Next week, we're going to see the brook dried up and Elijah stayed there until God gave him the next assignment. I'm just going to preach it today, okay? How many people leave a church to go to another church when God never told them to leave? How many people leave a job to go to another job and God never told them to leave? How many people leave a ministry to go to another ministry and God didn't tell them to leave? Best thing to do is, if God told you to go to the brook, dwell at the brook, stay at the brook until you hear God say move. Because I'm telling you, y'all don't watch it as close as I do. I'm, I'm telling you a fact here, okay? I'm telling you a fact here today. Christians that get to the brook, now the brook is where God tells you to be. And they prematurely leave the brook because the grass looks green on the other side. Well, here's what I've realized. That grass is growing on top of a septic tank most of the time. Can I get a witness there? There's a reason that grass is green. <laughs> All right, just go ahead and let your mind, let, let that play out there. What is he talking about? And I clean that up too. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is, if God tells you to go to the brook, I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying this with, with, like, with sadness today. I can't tell you the number of people that Vicki and I know that God told to go to a brook and dwell there, and a storm came, so they left the brook. The brook dried up, and they left the brook. Challenges came, and they left the brook. Difficulties came, and they left the brook. I can't tell you how many we've watched do that. And I think without exception, it always ends bad. It always ends bad. Or it never ends as good as it could have been. Let's put it that way. It never ends as good as it could have been. So what are you saying? I'm saying, watch this. If God has told you to go to a brook, best thing you can do is get to that brook and wait it out. All your little BFFs on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all that other whatever, all of them telling you how nice it is over here. Leave the brook, leave the brook. You got to say no. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you know God gave you a brook, you go to that brook, you plant yourself, you sit down, you don't get up, you don't leave until God says, get up, I got another assignment for you. I'm just trying to help you out today. Man, we moved here. Y'all have heard part of our story. We moved here June of, June of 1992 was our first Sunday in this church. Um, this actually happened. We had the first service, went home, we're eating lunch. We've got a six-month-old and a four-year-old, and we're eating lunch around the little, we didn't even have a dining room table, did we? Like a little something, something, something. And we're eating lunch, and like it's, I'm talking about after the first Sunday service, we're eating, and I went, baby, did we just make the biggest mistake of our lives? Because for almost 10 years, 
We had been in vibrant, growing, evangelistic, discipling, life-changing, even though it was a denominational church, not in a bad way, we were seeing miracles. We saw a guy get healed of cancer and women who couldn't have babies were having babies and all kind of awesome stuff was happening. And then we get here and I go, baby, <laughs> like I can't, I don't think I can handle this. First Sunday, you know my wife, who was 30 or 31 years old, all her wisdom, you know what she said? She goes, no, Jimmy, we would have never moved here if God hadn't told us who. If God told us to move here, God's got it under control. Let me ask you a question. In the last 25 years, how many times do you think I've wanted to leave? Well, there's 52 Mondays in a year, okay? So 52 times 25, and that's not counting other. What I'm saying is, I'm just giving an example of my own life, okay? Because most of you know our testimony. Part, okay, okay. Well, here's the deal then. Uh, for do those that don't know my testimony, um, in, a, in an 18-month period of time, 13 churches called and asked me to be their pastor. 13 churches in 18 months. Every church was bigger. Every church was in a larger town. Every church was going to pay more money than y'all were paying. Or the people before you, okay? And I came to a crisis of belief because of the worst night of ministry at that time, and I think even to this day, the worst night of my life and the worst night of the ministry, um, I get home and another person had called from another church. And so I was in a a two-day fast and the next day I woke up and I said, Lord, I'm not going to put another piece of my, I know the church knows this, but we got people that don't and somebody needs to hear this. I'm not going to put another piece of food in my mouth until you tell me, do I stay or do I go? Praise God, it was later that day. <laughs> Now listen to me. I, I'm not counseling you to do that. I'm not telling you to say, God, I'm not putting another, but I was so desperate. All, I'm not cussing here, all hell was breaking loose in the church. At the same time, all revival was breaking through at the church. Like how can you have all God breaking through and all hell breaking through at the same time? I don't know, but read Acts, it happened then and it was happening to us. And I needed to know, do I stay or do I go? I was so desperate to hear God say what he wanted me to do next. And during the course of time, during that day, I heard the Lord say this. There are people in the church that do not want me to lead them. If I cannot lead them, you cannot lead them. Listen, plant in Thomasville. If you ever move, I'll move you. Now, how many of you know since that day, everything's been hunky-dory? How many of you know that since that day, everything's been fine? There have been no challenges. There have been no storms. There have been no difficulties. There's been, how many of you know that life has just been free from strife? Now, so what I'm saying is this, okay? I'm, I'm, I, like, I don't want y'all to have the woe is, is me on us. Like, I mean, God's done a wonderful work in our family, in our life, and here. What I'm saying, though, is circumstances start whispering in your ear. Brook's drying up. The brook's drying up. The brook's drying up. So I'm saying is the best thing I can do whether I like it or you like it, 
is to be at the brook God told me to be at until God tells me to go somewhere else. And you wait it out. And you anticipate. And you expect. It's not a passivity of sitting on your hands. No, it's an expectancy. What's this? And an anticipation that God's going to come through and God's going to fulfill the promise He gave you. And one of the promises I believe that God gave me, I'll just go ahead and tell you this, back in those days, was that we would be a multicultural, multiracial church that expresses our worship freely unto Him and preaches the Word of God. And how many of you in the 90s, Thomasville didn't want that? And some of them still won't.